Hello and welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I'm your host, Nick. And I'm your co-host, Yusuf. And we are here with Naveed today. Thanks for being here, Naveed. Glad to be here. So, Naveed, why don't you tell us a little bit about your research in the broadest terms today? Okay, that's that's really hard to say in the broadest term, but uh, uh, my research is related to motion of long chain molecules and how they move uh, and yeah I think that's that's it so I guess I was interested how you came to be interested in applied mathematics instead of say pure mathematics and mm-hmm. what's your background uh, what did you do before you became uh, you did your um, you began your master's in applied mathematics so I did my undergrad uh, in chemical engineering right uh, I've always been interested in polymers and how they behave uh, so I went to chemical engineering because I thought it's uh, related uh, to polymers but then after, after studying polymers for a bit I found out that it's not the engineering part of it that I'm interested in I would like to understand them not to uh, make them better or make them work I want to understand why they behave in a such a manner or uh, so you're saying that in the engineering world it's much more about sort of improving them uh, in your line of work, what does the day-to-day look like if you're not trying to improve them? What does understanding them really mean? So uh, when it comes to physics and, and ba- uh, basic sciences like math and physics, you try to find equations and, and some underlying laws that can describe all the systems without uh, any specific constraints on them. So uh, you find an equation that can tell you universal features of the system you have. And if you apply this equation to another model, another molecule, another system, you can get some predictions of the system. Well, in engineering, you have a specific system. You try to make it better, to try to understand how to use this underlying laws that scientists found to make the thing work. Mm-hmm. So you work with a very specific kind of molecule, if I understand correctly. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about that molecule? So our world is made out of molecules. And we have different kind of molecules, which uh, results in different uh, behaviors from the material around us. For example, water molecules are small, while the protein supplement you take when you go to the gym is made up of large and chain-like molecules, which look like cooked spaghetti noodles. Uh, These molecules are called macromolecules, and they are essential to many biological systems. And uh, also, uh, in industry, they have uh, many applications, like plastics and rubbers and and glue and things like that. They are all made out of uh, these long molecules. So it makes them interesting uh, to be studied. So these long molecules, what are they called? Uh, macromolecules or polymers. Polymers. And is there, so what would you say about their presence in our DNA and RNA and the kind of functions that happen? This just... Oh, exactly. So this, uh, the applications of my research we, we is actually related to this. So uh, 
proteins and uh, DNA and RNA, they are all long molecules. Right. And, and they move in our body and they are essential to uh, our survival and existence. So uh, they're important and, and they're one kind of uh, polymers. So we have different polymers, right. DNA, RNA, and different proteins. They have different structures, but in general, any long chain molecule, we call them polymers. And what is your role over here when when you're trying to engage with, say, chemists or biologists? How do you help them and engage with um, with your peers who might be chemists and biologists? So that's a really interesting question. So when whenever I say I'm studying polymers, everyone's like, oh, you're studying chemistry. And I like, no. So <laughs> the thing is, um, polymers are molecules and in if you go down to, uh, and, and forget about some specific things in their structure, they become uh, general chains with some bonds. Those bonds can be looked at as potentials and, and their motion can be looked at as a kinetic energy. You have potential energy, you have kinetic energy, and you can solve the system in a way you want and find the equations for them. So as a applied mathematician or, or as a physicist, I'm trying to understand the universal behaviors. Right. So I'm one level, uh, I would say, lower than the chemists and biologists. I, I guess, so you're, you're finding sort of very general descriptions. Exactly. In, by using mathematical equations, perhaps differen uh, differential equations. Um, but you're also making predictions in a very general way. So if you have some sort of solutions, for example, in one area, you might be able to apply it, the same kind of solutions in other areas if they ha are structurally the same. Is yeah, exactly. So the thing is, in chem so if you find this universal equation, then you add parameters to this equation to describe the other systems. So the main body of the equation stays the same, but then you change the parameter from one to two or change we to you, for example, and, and then you get uh, another equation that describes this specific system that you have here. And I guess I was wondering, um, specifically, is there a problem that you're dealing with uh, in uh, uh, where you're um, going to apply some mathematical research mm -hmm. to find a solution that can help in other people's research. Is there any specific focus that you are currently interested in? Yeah, so the focus of my research in is on polymer capture. Oh. So oh. as you uh, said that we have uh, many biological systems uh, that polymers are involved in. So the macromolecule in our system tries to move around and, and uh, gets to the point, to the cell that uh, it is needed, right? So for doing that, it has to find the cell and find the entrance of the cell and then go inside. Oh. So this pro uh, the process of finding the entrance gate of the cell is polymer capture, what I'm studying. You mentioned, I guess, earlier something about a spaghetti. Now, is, are you talking about polymers 
and then being a polymer chains as being a spaghetti and they get captured in some way. Could you elaborate on that and why it's yeah, kind of that's, a fascinating? Uh, the spaghetti-like thing? thing is more about uh, describing the um, the polymer as uh, as something long, uh, long chain-like molecule. So it's like a chain. It's it's not just a small molecule like water. It's there are many bonds connecting all the monomers, all single molecules you have, and make a unit, a big unit uh, of connected molecules. So, um, so I, I I don't see any kind of it's hard to connect this spaghetti picture with the <laughs> capture. It's really hard because you you just just throw spaghetti <laughs> noodle in water to move around. It's the kind of weird picture to draw. But um, so you have this molecule that wants to go inside and it wants to find the entrance gate of the cell. Entrance gate. What's what's that? It's like um, so. The entrance of a cell is a very narrow pipeline. It's like oh, a very okay. narrow pipeline. We call it a nanopore, nanopore. a pore, a channel, uh, which is uh, very small. All right. So I was wondering a little bit about, you know, you said earlier in the episode that you focus on sort of more like the theoretical side, um, and yet you're you seem to be talking about this really grounded application for it. Um, I was wondering why you are doing those two things um, to sort of understand polymers. So uh, when you study the motion of polymer in a fluid, when the, mm, you have some interactions between the polymer and the small molecules of the fluid and how they behave, and this tells you about the dynamics of the molecule. So I'm, I'm studying polymer capture and the geometry you have is something like what I described. You have a small hole that the polymer is moving around in the fluid f and finally finds this hole and then goes through. So this is the geometry and the application is in uh, DNA sequencing, in uh, cell biology, uh, and in sometimes in industry when it comes to um, rheology and, and the motion of melts of polymers and things like that. So uh, we are trying to find these equations I talked about before. And uh, this is the geometry you study it in. Mm -hmm. So when I'm studying the molecule I have, I don't have any specific thing about the molecule. I have a generic kind of forces and interactions in my system. So nothing about my system is specific. Mm -hmm. So that makes it for me possible to go and say, okay, this is a general answer I'm getting out of this. Yes. But what, why did you choose the example of the nanopore? I mean, are there not sort of other examples of polymers in the real world of which environments you could use to sort of analyze this? Was there anything specific about the nanopore that you found interesting in that sense? Motion of polymer molecules in confined spaces in general is a very interesting concept mm -hmm. because you have the interactions between the wall 
and the things that are surrounding this molecule and and you're confining it it cannot has this random motion that it has mm -hmm. usually so uh and when it comes to, and because nanopores are very small they result in some kind of very strict confinement that also results in some interesting motion and dynamics from the polymer which m may helps you to understand because you know polymer translocation or polymer capture is it it, it is kind of understood but uh, still we have a lot to understand and, and find this general uh, equation that I talked about to say okay if I have this equation then I can guess what is happening to this polymer in this confined space mm -hmm. so we are studying it with different uh, in different ways like using simulations which is my way some people do experiments and and even when you do experiments you can do it on different molecules mm -hmm. the good thing about simulation is you can do things that you in real world it's kind of impossible right go going v very small or extreme conditions uh, or like what I'm studying having a generic polymer molecule without any constraints on it uh, and just having basic interactions and see what's going to happen right um, I guess I mean I find all of this very fascinating Navid uh, and I was really curious as to I mean you speak about nanopores that's a very small entrance and we're talking about polymers presumably very long chains of molecules altogether how on earth so does such a long complex molecule make its way all the way to those small entrance in a timely manner mm -hmm. very great question so um by chance is <laughs> 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 uh, so if you don't have any forces external forces that pushes this big blob of molecule into the hole there is no way that the polymer is going to find it so fast so it's going to move around in the fluid and finally part of the chain goes through the hole and then just pulls the rest to the other side of the hole so if you don't have any external forces or uh, driving forces, right. then it's going to be completely random. No, I see. But do you think, so in this process, does the polymer be become a bit deformed? Um, okay, so uh, in my research, we added a fluid flow going inside the hole. Right. So all the molecules in the fluid are moving toward this entrance are going inside and these molecules are going to bump into our <laughs> big polymer and then deform it in a way that is actually going in the direction of the flow oh, okay. so it's going to find the hole easily so this hydrodynamic flow is going to help but the thing is so what makes my uh, research kind of new and genuine is when you do simulations you don't have access to all the things so the good thing about simulation is you can do extreme stuff but at the same time 
there are some physical things that you cannot actually reproduce in a computer. Like so, what? Like hydrodynamic interactions. Mm -hmm. So before people used some equations, uh, namely Langevin equation, which describes uh, it's a partial differential equation that de describe the motion of a particle. Uh, and you can apply that and see the dynamics of the polymer. But when you do that, you don't have the hydrodynamic interactions. Now we have this package uh, called LB fluid that... And this is like on the computer. It's on yeah, the computer, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So we have a simulator uh, called LAMPS. And the simulator has this standard package called LB fluid that gives you uh, this hydrodynamic interactions. Uh, and, and this package is written by our group. So uh, now that I have this, I can see that actually this hydrodynamic works or not. Because before that, it was just a theory that, okay, I think these molecules are going to bump to, uh, into my polymer and they are going to push it toward the hole. But now I actually can see that. Wow. In my kind computer. Of yeah. Would you say that's kind of a confirmation of, of your original hypothesis? Yeah. And what was your reaction when you found the confirmation and saw its utility? <laughs> it's did amazing. you get a raise it's or something? Great. Did you did they promote you or something in your department? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the thing is, my supervisor <laughs> suspected this. Uh, I just uh, you did the grunt work, to, yeah, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. I, I tried to kind of uh, so uh, a student before me. Uh, did some simulations and they noticed that actually some kind of deformation in the structure of the polymer is happening and this uh, hadn't been no noticed or mentioned anywhere else so uh, when I started my masters I, I started working on this problem that how hydrodynamic or fluid flow is going to change the behavior of the polymer nice. while it's going to find uh, the whole so and we found that uh, the hydrodynamic actually deforms the be um, the structure uh, and, and the polymer molecule and directed uh, in a way that it can find the hole easily and another very interesting thing and very important thing that we found is uh, there is a very specific kind of deformation that happens to the polymer called, I call it poly effect. So this is the effect I found. Ah. Uh, <laughs> they call it Navid effect or something. Yeah, like it's right. I, then I, it's I, your I effect. Aiming, <laughs> I, was, I was aiming for that, but you know, maybe in few years, <laughs> if I get a Nobel Prize or something, then people say, oh yeah, we have to. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, so the motion that thing the deformation that happens is like a pulley so mm -hmm. if you have a folded shape uh, the shorter side of the uh, this folded shape opens up and the chain becomes straightened up so uh, oh. because this motion is like a pulley going toward the heavier side we called it pulley effect and and this is very important because the 
this folded shapes uh, bring some secondary uh, effects to uh, signals observed in uh, DNA sequencing uh, experiments that uh, kind of defeats the purpose of doing this experiment. So basically it would save a lot of time and money. Exactly. Yeah. So when you have the hairpin or, mm -hmm. or this folded shape uh, straightened and opened up and unraveled, yeah. then you can see everything clearly. Now, could you elaborate a bit more as to why it's good for the DNA sequence, as you said? Yeah, so when you want to... Uh, when you send the molecule inside, you might uh, have some... Unfortunately, I'm not a biologist, so... That's fine. That's <laughs> I'm not sure how accurate this is. I'm saying is exactly in terms of the experiment itself, but uh, so when you send the molecule in and you have uh, s some ex mm, some chemical group or a special sequence in the uh, in your DNA, uh, you see some effects. The current is going to, uh, so you have electric charges and things, and the current is going to change. Uh, so based on the current changes, you say, okay, I have this group or I have this specific sequence in my DNA. Right. But if you have a hairpin or this folded shape we talked about, then you are going to see similar effects, similar to what you were looking for. So you're not sure that this effect is because of the folded shape or no, it's because of actually the sequence uh, in the DNA. So it makes it really hard to distinguish between the side effect of this folded shape and the actual effect of having special or specific uh, structure in the DNA. So, uh, yeah. So, Naveed, we're sort of uh, running out of time a little bit here, but I sort of wanted to know, because this is so interesting, and especially since all of this is done on computer programs, um, I was wondering sort of like what your average day as a grad student looks like working with these incredibly interesting simulations. Sitting behind the desk, looking <laughs> in a monitor. <laughs> How's that different from our work? That's what, that's what we do. Yeah, actually, as a graduate student, you, you, uh, you're sitting behind the desk <laughs> most of the time, reading uh, and, and uh, going through different uh, literature and things like that. And that's uh, also true about m what I'm doing. But uh, then we have a lot of data analysis things mm. we have to do. And uh, I have to write programs because just imagine for this simulation we talked about, I had 55 samples, each one many, many uh, data points. So uh, just think about this. Each one around 3 million time steps, 3 million multiplied by 64 multiplied by... 55 it's many many data points so when you want to analyze that you cannot just like take it to uh, excel and say no. sort this by this yeah. it's not going to work and you're not going to get good reasonable plots out of it so for that i had to do a lot of coding programming 
And also you want to be efficient. Again, when you have many, many files that you have to go through, mm -hmm. you don't want to be sloppy that's writing right. a code that's not going to work or it's going to take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So uh, programming and data analysis is the main thing I'm doing as a computational physicist. I guess if we still have it some time, I have a small question. Yeah. So Naveed, where do you think you'll go from, from here onwards? What's your plan? Uh, for the next coming year, for example. So my application okay. for PhD All right. <laughs> uh, has been approved. Oh, Very good, good. <laughs> good. I was like, come on, they, you, you, they have to approve. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So actually, just today. So <laughs> oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Congratulations. Yeah. Many things happened today. Uh, so um, I'm going to study PhD. Um, with the same supervisor at Western. Uh, I really like what we are doing, working with polymers and the behavior, and uh, they're really interesting. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep studying them. Uh, and I've been always interested in teaching, so teaching and research. So I think uh, a job in academia is ideal but who knows what's going to happen. When you're not working, for example, kind of, is there any specific hobby that you like to do? Uh, I don't want to be a bad model, but I watch a lot of Netflix. Ah, <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> but, uh, it's um, all good. Any favorite yeah, movie or TV shows that you're watching? Yeah, I, I would say... Breaking Bad. Oh no! Actually, yeah. I actually watched just two seasons oh, of that. I never watched watch more finished than the thing. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. Good. physicist <laughs> is my favorite. Also, Suits. I oh, really nice. I like that show. Yeah. And Navid, you also told us about some other good news today before the episode started. Uh, do you want to share that with our audience? Yeah, of, of course. So uh, there is this three uh, MT competition. Uh, happening, uh, I think, in Ontario, but also at Western. Uh, 3MT is three-minute thesis, mm. uh, and in this competition, you try to uh, explain your research and your thesis work to lay audience uh, in three minutes. So uh, for different faculties, we had different heats, and uh, I'm one of the finalists. For wow. the yeah, for the Western the whole, 3MT. Wow, that is really impressive. Yeah, feels good. Lots of good mm -hmm. news today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. Well, that's awesome. Well, Naveed, we really thank you for coming on the episode. It was a really great pleasure for both of us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, thank you for having me. And we really wish you luck on all your future endeavors. Yeah, when you do your PhD, you should come here again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> With different. We can do a part two. Yeah, I know, part two. With different research. Yeah, of course. All right. This has been Gradcast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host, Nick, and my co host was. Yusuf. And we've been speaking with Naveed. And this episode was produced by Connor. If you would like to be involved with the show or get in contact with us, email us at gradcastradio at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Gradcast Radio. To listen to us, we are on the radio at CHRW 94.9. You can also find all old episodes at our website, gradcast.ca, 
or on podcast apps like Podbean, iTunes, or Spotify. Select podcasts have also been uploaded to our YouTube channel, Gradcast Radio. Thank you for listening and have a great night.